0: You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 59. If you're ready to start your business, but you're struggling to find the right resources, you'll want to listen to today's conversation with Meredith. From finding your passion to understanding your niche, you'll have all the tips after this episode. Hi, Meredith. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, Maria. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: After reading the first page on your website, I felt so much lighter. I really connected with your message and it seems to me like you have a great way of getting right to the questions that a new business owner struggles with. Can you just explain what your business is all about and how you find yourself helping others?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I I think, you know, just telling my story a little bit and helping people understand how I got to where I am and who I feel really compelled to serve is probably the best way to do that. So um, I'm a wife and a mom and I was a marketing executive for about 15 years. And then our son was born and I took the summer off to be at home with him went back to work and just found that my heart really wasn't in corporate marketing anymore. And I was really fortunate because I was able to walk away from my job and really focus on my children for a couple of years. But the reality is I I love to work. Um, I love to make an impact. I love to help people. I just feel like we each have a purpose to serve. And for me, a lot of that satisfaction comes through working and, and helping women to grow businesses. And You know, I wasn't getting that satisfaction staying home with my children and not focusing on anything professionally. And so I ended up starting a couple of different businesses, an event based business, doing some consulting. But eventually I found my way into being part of a network marketing company and being introduced to running a business from home. And when I did that, what I noticed is that there wasn't a lot of educational information out there for women who wanted to somehow earn an income, create their own economy from home. There were a lot of different opportunities and there were a lot of people presenting the opportunities, but there wasn't really any way for a person who was interested in starting a business from home to sort through all of the information and ultimately find what would be the best opportunity for them. So it's been an idea that I've been marinating on for a while. And this year it just seemed like a really important time for me to start sharing this information. And so that's where side gig gurus came from. And what I provide is education in mindset, marketing and management of home-based businesses. I do that through a self-study online course And then also through six-week masterminds that people can join. And then if beyond that, they need coaching, then I'm able to provide that for them as well.
0: That's great. I think one of the biggest struggles when you're first starting out is finding that one thing that you want to focus on. How do you suggest or what do you do to begin to unravel all that?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question because I feel like women have so many incredible ideas and so many different things that they may want to do. So how do you sort through all of those things and pick the thing that, that you want to do the most? And there's a couple of different ways I suggest that people do that. The first is you've got to have a ton of passion for whatever it is you're going to do. So Being an entrepreneur, starting a business, even if it's something small from home, you really are going to need to put in the work. And I found that when you do that around something that you're very, very passionate about, it gets a lot easier to maybe step through the things that you don't know how to do and to be a little bit uncomfortable. So first piece of advice would be select something that you're really, really passionate about. The next piece of advice would be to really understand who is your audience, who is it you're trying to serve. And the approach that I take with that really is from a service leadership mindset, that we each come to the table with really unique gifts and ideas. And we have the opportunity to share those with people and help them move forward in their lives. So if you're thinking about your audience and you're thinking about who it is you can serve and that matches up with this passion that you have for whatever the core of your business is going to be, that's kind of where the magic really happens. But you've got to dive a little bit deeper and make sure that the idea that you have is marketable. So is there actually a need for whatever it is you're going to put out there in the marketplace? And are people going to be willing to pay for that? A lot of the times we have ideas that I think become artistic successes, but they don't necessarily have the ability to scale to a level that would create meaningful income for us in a business. Mm. So that's where I would say someone should really start diving in.
0: It's also very easy to want to do something that someone else is doing because you're just following the money. Instead of actually being a passion or something that you enjoy, it's really attractive when you see somebody that's doing something that They seem to be enjoying, and they're doing really well at it. And then it seems like maybe that's an avenue you should pursue when – when you really get down to it, like you're saying, if it isn't something that's a passion or something that's really up your alley, I think you're just going to be disenfranchised with it. I love that you focus on the passion first Mm
1: -hmm. because it really,
0: it's so easy to follow the money.
1: So true. And I've been there. I mean, I worked in the travel industry when I was working corporate marketing and I loved it. I love to travel. I love what our company provided. It was educational travel for children. So it was very meaningful work. And then when I chose to leave my job the company that I worked for years later actually ended up closing its doors for a variety of different reasons. So our entire executive team and everyone that worked there ended up becoming employed in other places. And before I knew it, they were contacting me and asking me if I would consult them in different aspects of marketing. And I thought, well, you know, sure, why not? This kind of just dropped in my lap. Why wouldn't I do this? And so I started consulting, started working with companies large and small, both in my my hometown in Washington state, and then also across the country. And I really found I didn't like it just because it had fallen into my lap. It It wasn't making my heart sing. It wasn't you know something I wanted to do, and i I found myself feeling really empty, even though I was making money. I think you know women can identify with that that if you are doing something that doesn't make your heart sing, it just isn't fulfilling, and it can leave you feeling very empty and unmotivated For sure and when we decide and it is a decision to step into entrepreneurship right It is a decision to say, "I'm going to create something, I am going to be my own boss." And when you do that, there are a lot of things that you will need to figure out. You know, you'll need to figure out maybe things that you don't know or maybe develop skills that right now you're not super good at or very uncomfortable with. And if you're building that on the back of something that you're just kind of doing to do, it gets hard to show up as your best self, as your motivated self because you don't have a core of something that you're really motivated to be working on. So I I've been there, I've done that. I I know how that feels to please the mm-hmm. And and especially coming from a very, you know, I guess I would say intense corporate environment being around a lot of type A personalities, being part of a largely women-led management team, it was really easy for me to get back on that horse if you will, you know, to get yeah. back on kind of that chasing and and not give myself a time to say, Hey, what am I really doing here in the first place? Right. And so starting with what your passion is starting with really understanding who it is you want to serve and why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, I'm sure many people that are listening to this have heard of, you know, Simon Sinek and it starts with why, but I completely agree. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so true that when we work on things that we're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work.
0: That's so true. And it's definitely different to work from a place of passion. When you're facing those hurdles, it really feels like that's the time you're going to throw the towel in when it's not something that's your calling. Mm -hmm, You know, you'll fight for it if it's something that you're passionate about. Otherwise, I think you just say, "Eh, maybe not.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I've also, you know, in my experience and in my client's experience, seen that right where it gets to the point where you're just about ready to throw in the towel, that that's actually the time to to pour on the gas because Mm -hmm. that means that you're very close to tapping into something and the challenge is happening for you for a reason. So rather than approaching it in your business and saying, why is this happening to me? Why does this feel so hard? Looking at it and saying, this is happening for me, not happening to me. Right. You know, really understanding why, why is this challenge presenting itself? What am I meant to learn here? How is this meant to help me become better so that I can, again, serve at an even higher level the people that I'm most passionate about helping with my business?
0: You have a great understanding of of the struggles of a small business owner that must really translate into your coaching.
1: Yeah, thanks for seeing that. You know, I started my first business when I was 15 years old because I wanted to buy a car and my parents said, well, you better get to work. And so I started making jewelry and selling jewelry as a high school kid at different conventions that my mom was involved in. And I would help her at the registration area. And then she would allow me to flip the registration table into my own little kind of jewelry sales area. And in about I think it was about 16 months, I was able to earn enough money to buy my first car. Oh my and goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I think I've always had that entrepreneurial, you know, um, spark or, you know, gene or whatever you want to call it as a part of me. And I ended up running a, another small jewelry business, handcrafted jewelry. After I graduated from university, did that for a while that got pulled into to corporate marketing again, which I loved, mm-hmm. which was great. But I really believe, and my husband has come to believe as well, that entrepreneurship and small business is really the backbone of what is going to carry our society and economy forward. And so we own a brick and mortar business here in our town that we started from scratch. Um, So I'm able to leverage that experience when I'm coaching people, whether they're opening a brick and mortar, if they're trying to do some kind of crowdfunding or Kickstarter or something like that. I've been there. I've done that, succeeded in that. And just love helping people tap into their market, their product, how they're going to promote, how they want to run their business, what that's going to look like. And, you know, that's why with the Psyche Guru course, when I put all of that together, it really came from being asked over and over and over again by women in my network, how did you do it? You know, how how did you start four successful businesses in four years? You know, how did you do that? And can you help me to, to sort through what I need to sort through in order to do that? And I thought, you know, I'm, I kind of am repeating myself here. You know, I'm kind of showing the same person, like a different person, the same steps over and over. And that is when the spark hit me that there's really a need out there for women to have some guidance around, Hey, what are the types of home businesses that I could run? What are the pros and cons of those home businesses? Who is the right person in each type of home-based business and which one might be right for me? So let's select the right opportunity first. Then let's start that opportunity from a business perspective, not from a hobby perspective, but from the perspective of truly looking at it as a business and applying traditional you know, sales and marketing and, and business theory to a home-based business.
0: It feels like that's the thing that always goes to the wayside when you're thinking of starting a business. A lot of times I think it is somebody's craft or it's something that they enjoy doing, but they forget to apply those practical principles, the numbers, the market, who's going to be buying, how much is it going to cost to list these items. So the fact that you're out there available to keep people on track, I think is invaluable.
1: Yeah, thank you. And you know, the success that I see for people who are going through the course and who are in the mastermind is also just really, really satisfying because what I'm finding is that when women can tap into this concept of who it is they really want to help and how they can provide value for that person. I mean, um I just this week have been talking a lot about the concept of moving from a transaction-based economy to a relationship-based economy. And I feel like that's where we are when it comes to small business, because I don't believe that we are ever going to be able to outspend or outpace, you know, massive distribution like the Amazons and the Walmarts and the targets of the world, because they simply have more capital behind them than we as small business owners will probably ever have. And so how can we possibly compete in that environment? And even pre-pandemic, I believe that people are really looking for a relationship in the way that they choose to do business and the way that they choose to spend their dollars. And that is something that as individual entrepreneurs, small business owners, we are able to provide like in spades above, you know, Costco and, and, you know, other places. And so if we can look at that, if we can look at true, you know, relationship as your differentiator, as you're building your business, you know, and asking that question, who can I serve with this relationship? How can I help people move forward? You will find that you don't necessarily need an audience of hundreds of thousands of people. You need to tap into your niche, tap into your tribe, and you will have success.
0: Yeah. And that's another aspect that I think it's really messy is when you are putting your business out there, it almost seems like when you're a small business owner, like you have to have a massive following or you need to work on, um, you know, growing your social media. So I love the idea that it's really more about the experience between the buyer and the seller as opposed to your following.
1: Yeah. And I do tap into, you know, how to appropriately manage social media. And, you know, I think that, um, Sometimes there's a misnomer out there that, you know, you've got to have some crazy viral video or you've got to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on your Instagram. And, and the reality is that, that you don't really, you know, everyone starts with one follower. Everyone starts with one sale. Everybody starts with one client. And so. Don't get into, you know, this concept of comparing yourself to other people who have gone before you, because that comparison is really going to be the death of your joy. You know, set, set yourself up for success by understanding what it is you want to accomplish and working towards your individual goals. And if you see someone else that's doing something similar or that is inspiring you and you see them have success, rather than looking at that success as something like, oh, well, they did it and I can't look at it as motivation that they did it and so can I, right? So if you see another woman having success, if you see another business having success, look at that as a marker for what's the potential for you.
0: Today, instead of mentioning a sponsor, I wanted to share a story that is dear to my heart. I hope you'll find it in you to help Kim in her journey. I went to school with Kim and honestly think that she was the one thing that kept me from dropping out of high school chemistry. Don't get me wrong, my teacher was amazing. It's just that my brain always did a flip and ended up backwards the minute I walked into chemistry class. Somehow, with a bit of Kim's humor, the class was tolerable. On January 16th, Kim's life was changed in an instant. Three unknown assailants yanked her from her vehicle, shot her in the back, leaving her laying in a Wendy's restaurant parking lot with a shattered vertebrae and a bullet lodged in her spinal cord, in turn taking her vehicle and personal effects. Kim has started a journey with her destination unknown. As an active mom of two young boys, her primary concern is getting back to them. She has been told to expect a difficult and challenging rehabilitation process. She is optimistic and remains upbeat that she will walk again. But for now, Faith is spending the rest of her life in a wheelchair. Kim is the strongest person I know. If anyone can overcome the chaos she was viciously and randomly thrown into, it is her. But it is obvious she will need our love and assistance. Kim is in need of help with medical expenses, loss of income, rehabilitation, residential costs and the need to adjust her home and vehicle to be ADA accessible. She will require multiple surgeries and weeks or months of live-in rehabilitation. Average yearly cost for a first-year spinal cord injury is over $347,000. Kim is a mom first and foremost. Her boys are the most important part of her life. Kim wants to get back to her boys, loving them, caring for them, and laughing with them. This is what keeps her fighting. Please help us fight with her. Any donation is one step closer to showing Kim she's not alone in this. Since her brother Mike wrote this, Kim has had a few surgeries and she continues to stay optimistic. I'll have the GoFundMe link in the show notes, and if you can help with any amount, Kim and her family would greatly appreciate it. Now back to the show. A lot of the comparisons that we make, actually, it defeats your spirit. It doesn't allow you to grow into something bigger because it seems like their age is Ahead of you, but at the same time, you're seeing them at the top of their game. You know, we didn't start following them maybe when, when they just had 10 followers or whatever. So it does take time to build all of that. Are you providing a service through the psychic gurus on Facebook or is that part of the course?
1: Yeah. So anyone can join the psychic gurus private group on Facebook just by going to Facebook and searching for psychic gurus. And then the course is, is separate from that. So the course itself is, is self-study and it's managed through a, a member's area. So if someone chooses to step into the course, then they certainly can do that. You have lifetime access to the course. Most people work through it in about six weeks, which I think is a, a great time frame. anything longer than that. And I think we lose interest, you know. We have so, yes. so we're so impatient these days, um, just with our our time span and you know how much we're willing to pour into something before we're on to the next. We kind mm-hmm. of have that shiny object syndrome all around. And then some people choose to coach with me individually around their business, and that ends up usually being about a 90-day engagement, but can always be renewed if they need additional help or support as their business grows. But the Psychic Gurus group would be a great place to start. I do a live broadcast in the group once a week, just sharing information about starting a small business, what that can look like for you, the different types of home based businesses, um, just different ideas and concepts that people that are considering entrepreneurship might want to be pondering. So I'd love to see those that are interested. Come on over and join the group.
0: Oh, That's great. How do you know when being an entrepreneur is not for you? I mean, do you think that there's those people out there that maybe feel like they want to do this, they try it, and then they just, like, their heart's not in it. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like the security of having a paycheck or insurance or the types of um, benefits that come with a full-time job are more attractive to some people than entrepreneurship.
1: For sure, you know, I think um Dartmouth did a study last year in 2019 and it came back that 70.8% of Americans said that they wanted to be their own boss. Wow. It's an incredible percentage of people. Yes. And the reason that they're I think saying that they want to be their own boss is because they, they want the time freedom. They want the, the opportunity for income. They want to be able to call their own shots. They're tired of being tied to a job. Um, for, for many people, and I know my experience in corporate was that I felt like I was always on, You know that I could be contacted at any time. And if I was going to work that hard, why wasn't I building something for myself rather than building something for someone else? But there is also the reality that to succeed as an entrepreneur, you, you do need to have drive. And that drive can't be manufactured by anybody other than you. So you have to have that motivation. And sometimes it's a, you know, a a bit of circumstance, you know, maybe now it's not your season, you know, maybe you've tried to start a small business and it just hasn't worked because you've had some other circumstances in your life where you're not able to devote the time and the attention to it. Um, But that's also part of selecting the right business opportunity. You know, you can start something. From home, that is completely and totally independent, or you can start something that perhaps is a part of a virtual franchise or with a partner company. And so, as people are looking at a home based opportunity, you really want to ask yourself Am I a good independent worker? You know, am I the kind of person that rolls out of bed each day and can say, Okay, I'm going to stay on task, I'm going to do the things that need to be done today, and I'm going to work until they're finished? Or do you work better in partnership? perhaps with mentorship and with guidance of a team and provided systems. And if you can really know who you are, as you step into this concept of home-based business, that will help you pick the right thing. So I think that sometimes entrepreneurs have that spirit in their heart to create something, but perhaps they, they tap into an opportunity that isn't aligned with how they work best.
0: Well, I have a few friends who are entrepreneurs and it seems like it's very similar. Everybody has a a routine and of course it's all created by yourself. So either way, I think you still have to have that discipline, like you're saying, to be able to actually get up and do what needs to be done. And some days are super duper long, but then I think you get to enjoy the the days where you give yourself the day off, you know, because you know, you work so hard the day before. So... I do love that you're you're making the distinction between maybe needing guidance and being self motivated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that's one of the things that I felt was missing out there for the home based business owner is the concept of systems to follow. Like, what do I really? What will I do each day? and when i first started looking at home based business opportunities i specifically remember speaking with a woman who was asking me to join her team and to to work with her and i i asked her that question i said well what would i do each day and and she wasn't really able to articulate for me that there was a system that i could follow right that there was a predictable um, pattern of, of work and of effort that I would put in in order to get a certain result. So as you're looking at your home-based business, um, idea, your concept, if you're just getting started, don't be short-sighted to only think about how you're going to get it off the ground, but also think about what's it going to look like six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, and how is that going to scale? What part of that do I really, really enjoy? And what part of that am I going to outsource first? Like, you know, if, if there's things yeah. you just don't like, um, figure out what those are and figure out how to, as quickly as possible, bring in experts and surround yourself with services and systems that support you in doing the part of your business that you. Love most.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great.
1: If you're not good at finances, if you don't like bookkeeping, but every small business needs needs to know their numbers, then quickly figure out how you can how you can source that. And what's so cool is that you know it's never been easier to start a business from home because there are so many affordable. Ways that you can leverage technology and that you can leverage, you know, systems like a virtual assistant or even a service like Fiverr, where you can get different types of work done for you. And so, thinking a little bit more broadly rather than trying to be like Atlas and, you know, bear the weight of every aspect of your own (laughs) shoulders.
0: Exactly. Could you explain your philosophy of massive giving equals massive
1: living? Oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking about that. So, Years ago, when I was meeting with one of my mentors, and I was really trying to sort out what was it that I wanted to do with my career, with a business, with opportunity? How was I going to add income for my family and do it in a way that had integrity for me? And for me, that was not going back to corporate work because I know myself well enough that if I was going to do that, I would dive right back in and be right back at 60, 70 or 80 hour work weeks. And, and I did not want to do that. I did not want that type of lifestyle again. And so my mentor said to me, well, when you are at like your highest energetic level, when you feel that internal buzz of, wow, like I am doing the thing that I am meant to do. He said, you need to name that. You need to name what that is. And after thinking about it for a while, I came away with this concept of massive giving is massive living. Because when I am feeling at my highest energetic level, what I'm doing is giving of my time, giving of my natural talents, giving of the things that my experiences and, and maybe even my, my financial you know, um, ability to contribute. When I am giving at my highest, that's when I'm living at my highest so it became massive giving is massive living and that's really my daily mantra
0: it does seem hard to understand how you define success if you don't have a clear vision of of what you want success to look like
1: mhm yeah and and that's where i think it's so much more um tapping into the feeling right mm-hmm. tapping tapping into the idea of of your energy and and how you are meant to serve the world and I also remember having a conversation with, I have a 14 year old daughter now, and and this was probably, I think when she was in fifth grade, we pulled her from her traditional elementary school in our community and started sending her to a highly accelerated program. And after about the first two weeks of school, I mean, she was in tears every day about going to school and she didn't want to be there. And I, and I finally you know, said, why are you so upset? And she said, because it's it's challenging me mom, because this is hard. This, this is hard. My old school was easy and this school is hard. And I remember so clearly looking at her and saying, Hey, listen, her name is Nadia. And I remember saying to her, Nadia, everyone has been given gifts and you have been given so many gifts and your job. My job is your mom and your job being you is to maximize your gifts." and and to make sure that, that you're using them. And when you recognize that you have these unique talents and you begin to share them, it's not always going to be easy, but the harder thing is if the gift is wasted and that's where regret comes from. That's where, you know, there ends up being a lack of self-love. That's where there ends up being, you know, conflict and feelings of inadequacy because inside, you know, Subconsciously, you really know that you're not maximizing the gifts that you were given. And to me, you know, helping people, helping women recognize what their gifts are and putting them forward in a way that allows them to create a business that serves other people, but then also allows them to create an economy, support their family, make a difference in their community. That's to me where, like, that's when I'm at my massive giving, massive living moment, right? When I see that happen for someone that I'm working with.
0: Women are naturally like they want to be not just consumers, but they also want to provide. So it's, it's incredible if you're able to actually tap into that. What's the best way for us to connect with you and follow you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Join the Side Gig Gurus group if you're the if you're a woman who's considering entrepreneurship, if you've just started in a business, or if you have a home business that you want to take to the next level. I'd suggest that you join that group. But you can also um, go to my website, which is MeredithBanka.com, and you can check out what I'm doing there, connect with me there, or you can also follow the Side Gig Gurus on Instagram.
0: Well, awesome! Thank you so much, Meredith. I really appreciate the work yeah. that you're doing.
1: Thanks for having me, Maria. It's been fun.
0: Well, there you have it, my friend, another incredible CEO sharing her gift with the world. I couldn't agree more with Meredith that finding the thing that you're most passionate about will be the easiest way to grow into a thriving business. Along with that, you'll want to be sure that the type of business and platform that you pursue aligns with your personality. There are many great resources available for every small business owner or even those still in the idea stage. I hope this podcast is helping you along with your journey. Be sure to visit the show notes to schedule a free strategy session with Meredith. I'll have the link for you in the show notes. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guests and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job.